As his mentor, Dr. Jimenez, had explained so long ago, the key to precision was to move slow but steady, advancing the blade at a consistent pace. The cut complete, Armando reached down, picked up the withered rose branch, and placed it into the faded canvas bag slung over his shoulder. Landscaping was a step down for someone with an M.D. from Universidad Central de Venezuela. But it was the only kind of work Armando had been able to get since he'd arrived as a refugee from the chaos in his homeland seven years ago. He could get angry, or he could focus on achieving the little perfections that made life satisfying. As he trimmed the flowers at the base of the sign, he glanced at the etching in the black marble. Defense Intelligence Agency. He wasn't sure what the DIA did. Hadid, his supervisor, said it was something like the CIA, but for the U.S. military. It didn't matter. The landscaping crew was almost done here. After the break, Hadid said they would head over to trim the hedges behind the base's elder care center. Because of security, the landscapers were not allowed inside the building. When break time came, the others gathered in the shade, but Armando walked over to sit by the small decorative pond beside the entrance doors. He flipped open the tablet he kept in his pocket to see if he had any messages. The screen projected a 3D packet from his cousin back in Caracas. More pictures of his granddaughter. Such lovely eyes. Armando's smile went unnoticed by Allison Swig as she cut across the grassy field by the pond in her rush from the parking lot. The imagery analyst had gotten stuck in the traffic on I-295 on her way back from a networking lunch out at Tyson's Corner. And now, she was late for the staff meeting. Neither of them noticed the other, but as she passed the landscaper, his tablet recognized the RFID chips embedded in Allison's security badge, a localized wireless network formed for exactly 0.03 seconds. In that instant, the malware hidden in the video packet from Caracas made its jump. As Armando finished the iced tea his wife had made for him, the previous night, Swig approached the security desk, manned by a guard in a black bullet-resistant nylon jumpsuit. A compact HKG-48 assault rifle hung from the glossy gray ceramic vest that protected his chest. The only insignia on his uniform was the Eagle Silhouette logo of the security company that guarded the DIA headquarters. No personal devices allowed, read the sign suspended over a row of silver turnstiles. Hey, Steve, said Allison. How's the little one? Pretty good, the guard replied with a smile. She slept through the night. She placed her ITAB bracelet in a metallic lockbox and pulled out the key. But Allison's badge stayed with her. As she walked toward the gate, the software in her badge automatically communicated her security clearance to the machine via a radio signal. And at the same moment of network linkage, the malware packet jumped again in less time than it would take to read the engraving on the entrance wall. Committed to excellence in defense of the nation. The idea of using covert radio signals to ride malware into a network unconnected to the wider internet had actually been pioneered by the NSA, one of the DIA's sister agencies. But like all virtual weapons, once it was deployed in the open cyber world, it offered inspiration for anyone, including one's enemies. The turnstile gate lifted. Swig rushed down the hall, too far behind schedule to make her ritual stop at the Dunkin' Donuts stand just inside the spy agency's entrance. By the time she had passed the old Soviet SS-20 ballistic missile that stood mounted in the lobby like a Cold War totem pole, the malware packet had jumped from the gate 
onto another security guard's viz glasses. When the guard walked his rounds, the packet jumped into the environmental...